Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brink as we bring you another Brinkaliciously awesome episode. Once again, episode 51, to be precise, of the rebooted, reformatted podcast, November the 13th, 2017. And uh, it is release day for Brink Unleashed 8. Get excited if you're uh, waiting for that film. Uh, it is going to be released today, so uh, obviously we'll have a bit of a teaser for that for you at the end of this episode. But another bumper show, as per usual today. Lots to get through, as we always do. And uh, always take this opportunity to send a shout-out to our listeners throughout the week. Uh, Australian listeners, very much uh, a lot this week. Um, and then our Spanish and Cook Islands listeners. No Austrian listeners or American listeners this week. They've faded away to, uh, to another place at this time. But uh, to our Spanish audience... Um, hello, uh, I was going to say uh, hello in Spanish, but for some reason I've gone completely blank. Um, and <laughs> I went to Mexico. You can see I uh, definitely, um, you know, learned the language. And Cook Islands as well. Uh, we seem to be getting a uh, nice, uh, good spread coming from their constant listenership base. So uh, hello to all of those people. And again, as always, send us a message. Say why you're listening. How did you discover the podcast? We'd love to hear from you. So uh, by all means, shoot us something and we'll definitely uh, discuss it on air. <laughs> always a pleasure to have this man on the show and talk about New Zealand. It's Mr. Nick Chester. Nick, welcome back to The Brink. Oh, the, the pleasure's all mine. Now, the pleasure for Australia this week is that we welcomed your uh, brand new Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern. She came to Australia. Uh, headlines around this country included Jacinda Mania arrives in Sydney. Um, all smiles when Malcolm met Jacinda. Um, and yeah, lots of kind of headlines about this. Again, the most prominent stories I've ever seen about a New Zealand Prime Minister coming here. Um, I mean, does this? What does the news happen in New Zealand about her coming to Australia? Do you think when Malcolm met Jacinda is the worst movie of all time? It sounds like a pretty bad movie. Um, the sequel to When Harry Met Sally, when Malcolm met yes. Jacinda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's always interesting when your your new prime minister or new head of government goes on their first trip overseas, and I guess this was. I, I, I guess it's almost like obligatory that you know a new. New Zealand Prime Minister has to go to Australia first because, you know, it's just easy, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think probably the big thing over here was that there's a, there's a bit of a bit of argy-bargy going on because, um, you know, Jacinda made a lot of promises that, you know, Aussie, Aussie um, students were getting off with, you know, free education over here, but but you guys aren't reciprocating to Kiwis apparently. So yeah. I, haven't, I, I haven't read the story in full, if I'm being honest, but... Um, yeah, it sounded like there was a little bit of that, that she kind of walked back on a few of her promises to, to deal with that. Um, so, yeah, she's getting a bit of a hard time over here for being, you know, inexperienced and all that kind of thing. But I'm not quite sure that you you what you expect from somebody who's 37 and has been Prime Minister for, like, two weeks, you know. Yeah, they're, they're probably not going to come out guns blazing on their first international trip. It's, you know, yeah, pretty I standard, I I don't know the specifics of it either, but I know there was, I think, a bit of talk about, like, refugee issues or something like that. But, um I love this kind of the the news stories here. Uh, after a candid two hour brunch on Sunday morning at Kirribilli House, the Prime Minister's official residence, the pair announced their relationship between the two countries well as solid as ever. Like as if they're going to walk out of that house and be like, "Oh fuck that bitch! I fucking hate New Zealand!" And oh yes, yeah. fuck Australia! That guy's a duck. Like, I mean, as if they're going yeah. to say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always all smiles, isn't it? I mean, even when people are meeting Trump and they, you know, they've said that they don't like him, um, you, you still know that it's going to be all smiles because, you know, you just don't do that when you meet somebody, you know, in that situation as, as you know, unless it's Vladimir Putin, everybody else who <laughs> seems to get along pretty well. 
I do like this section here in the article. They also joked about their musical performances. Ms. Arden DJing and Mr. Turnbull rapping. This is not announcing our joint act, Ms. Arden laughed. While Miss Arden did not make it to Sydney Harbour to kayak with Mr. Turnbull, like former New Zealand Prime Minister John Key, who also stayed at Mr. Turnbull's private residence, she did offer to take Mr. Turnbull fishing. I'm no kayaker, but I can fish. Or she would have said, I can fush. Uh, Miss Arden said so. Oh, you got to love the fluff at the end of a news article, don't you? Uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty uninteresting stuff, really. Yeah. Um, it was all... It was all it was all action packed here today though because um, there was there was um, craziness going on in our parliament because it was the first session of parliament and they were selecting a, a new speaker and it was all all going off and um, the you know the national party who's now in opposition they've been in government for nine years and they're in the the opposition benches now and they were using the full weight of their experience to basically screw the Labour Party over. Um, so that was that was quite entertaining watching. Did, um, did you watch yeah, it? Like, so, do you actually like watch the broadcast of it? Like, is it on TV over well, there, I'm I've guessing? Watched, I've watched, I've, yeah, I've watched bits and pieces on TV. Like, they do have a live feed into the, you know, on Parliament TV, but you, you've got to be bored outside your mind to want to watch that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of... They, they used to show Question Time here on, like, ABC TV at, like, midday for, like, an hour. Uh, but now I, th- I know like Tasmanian Parliament's like on a live stream online you can watch. Um, and I think kind of I actually looked at some channel on my uh, cable, my Foxtel, um, that it, like you have to pay for it, that you can actually watch some sort of um, Parliament channel where it actually like on a Saturday they'll have like an hour of Tasmanian Parliament, an hour of Queensland Parliament, an hour of South Australian Parliament. Like you must be fucking into your uh, uh, Parliament if you pay for that channel. <laughs> Yeah, that that sounds pretty hideous. Oh, my God. Interesting. Uh, now, a couple of sporting things. Uh, Rugby League World Cup, first of all. I mean, this is one that I don't think paying much attention to because I think this is kind of one of these ones that I think you might have mentioned last week that you don't really pay attention to the semifinals because we know who's going to make the semifinals. I mean, it's not like the Rugby Union World Cup where it might be a little bit closer. Um, but so, Australia, we're completely undefeated. Uh, we beat England in the first game. We belted the shit out of France. What an epic victory that was. I, no- I love nothing more than belting the shit out of France. Um, and New Zealand, which I, did, I actually did not even realise, Nicholas, that this is not just Australia. It's been played in New Zealand and Papua New Guinea as well. So New Zealand beat Samoa 38-8 in Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland, followed up by a 74-6 belting of Scotland in Christchurch Stadium. You can get along, Nick, and watch uh, New Zealand play Tonga at Waikato Stadium in your beautiful home city of Hamilton, uh, played on the 11th of November. Now, to date this episode, obviously we realise that date's passed because you're listening to this on a Monday. We're recording this before then. But uh, do you have any interest in going to watch New Zealand play Tonga in Waikato Stadium? Oh, I would have if I wasn't already booked to be out of town this weekend. Um, but yeah, apparently because um, the bit that you probably don't know is that there was there's already been a game in Hamilton, so um, it was Samoa versus Tonga this weekend, and um, that had been pre- been preceded by um, pretty large scale violence between the the oh. opposition uh, the, the two fan groups wow. um, in South Auckland. So and ha- nothing nothing major in Hamilton, but in in South Auckland, um, where a lot of you know people from um, Samoa and Tonga have immigrated to, so. Um, you know, there's quite a big community of both those countries that live in South Auckland. So there's there's been a lot of fighting going on between them, like literal literal fighting on the streets. 
Um, and you know, so they were really worried that the fans were going to kick off in the stadium. And um, basically, the two the two sets of players kind of got together and did like this mass huddle before the game to kind of show solidarity. Oh, I and, saw you know, that bit. Yeah, them. I didn't realize what that yeah, was based yeah. from. Wow. Okay. But apparently, apparently, yes, I had workmates who were at the game, and they said it was just the most amazing atmosphere they've ever had at a game, and it was you know totally positive. Um, so after the game, there was you know minimal minimal disruption. A couple of people got arrested for trying to cause trouble in Hamilton and then there was something like 50 arrests in Auckland so wow. you know I, I think we can we can tell where the problem lies it's it's not in <laughs> Hamilton but um yeah it was it was certainly um a, a, you know high alert during the week actually for this game between Samoa and Tonga and it ended up being um pretty well managed I do love just looking here at the maps of the spread of these uh venues so like you got obviously just the Papua New Guinea games are at Port Moresby in, in Papua New Guinea. So New Zealand, you've got games in Auckland, Hamilton, Wellington and Christchurch. Australia, they're spreading out, uh, you know, Sydney, Canberra, Brisbane, Cairns, Townsville, your, your general rugby cities. Uh, Melbourne, fair enough, they've got the storm. Uh, Perth, yeah, I mean, they kind of got a weird interest of rugby, even though they just got their super rugby team taken away from them. Um, but Darwin, I'm guessing, is that just because it's close proximity to, to Papua New Guinea, maybe? Uh, I, I mean... Darwin's very AFL centric, so I don't know why they get one. Maybe over Adelaide, but uh, fair enough. I know Hobart no, doesn't get one. I mean, mind you, though, Hobart. I think we would have turned out in droves. Like if you'd given us like Lebanon versus Malta or something like that. Like I mean, I went to the uh, in two thousand three when they had the Rugby World Cup here, the Rugby Union World Cup. I went up to Launceston and saw Romania play Namibia. And they completely oh, yeah. sold that out. So, like, if they had have given us, like, a random, you know, because we get, like, the Melbourne Storm will come down here and play a pre, pre-season game and they get 10,000, 15,000 people to it, you know. So, yeah, if we had have had one of these random teams, we would have, I would have gone to it. So, you know, there's a thing for next time, rugby. I mean, is this, is this even a big thing in New Zealand? Like, or is this, again, kind of what you always say, that New Zealand's only interested when your teams are winning? And I guess you're winning technically at the moment, so maybe I'm guessing it is interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting. I guess um, living in one of the host cities is quite fun because there's you know lots of stuff kind of happening around town, and um, a lot of my workmates actually were responsible for. Um, we had like a big Pacifica festival here before the game on the weekend, and um, you know getting our our local Samoa and Tonga communities involved. So yeah, it, it has been um, a lot of fun kind of seeing that all happen. Um, yeah, I, I think it is really fun. It is one of those things where. Um, we all know it's probably going to be an Australia versus New Zealand final, so we're just kind of kicking down to that. But, you know, it's it's still kind of fun to, to see it all play out a little bit too. Teams like Lebanon, who I didn't even know had a league team, it's, it, it, you know, you always get that, don't you, at these World Cups. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing. I mean, you would have had it, no doubt, with the Cricket World Cup. I think you and I have talked about it in the past. But, like, you know, when that was on a couple of years ago, you know, Hobart was lucky enough to get three games. You know, we had uh, even an Australia game was played here. Uh, Australia Scotland, which was the one game that I was interstate for. I went to the other two. I think we had uh, Zimbabwe Island and Sri Lanka Scotland from memory, as well as Australia versus Scotland. Um, and I mean that was just great atmosphere. It's good to sort of get behind all that sort of stuff. Um, so you know it's good when you have one of these big tournaments in your country. I mean I'm obviously um going to be working and involved with the Commonwealth Games next year in the Gold Coast. I'm actually you know at the time of recording this heading to the Gold Coast this weekend for my orientation weekend. So I'm going to get a chance to see what's happening on the Gold Coast ahead of the Commonwealth Games. So um yeah, it's exciting when you get these sort of events happening nearby. I guess. 
Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, the, when the community gets involved, it, it's always a hell of a lot more fun. Um, yeah, it, it's harder to get inv- you know, get excited. Like if this had been in England and, you know, when it is in England, you know, you're less interested because you, you know what's going to happen. Um, but when it's in your backyard, you do get a bit more excited about it. So, yeah, it's always cool. Unless it's like a huge, like the soccer World Cup, which we'll get to in a second. But I mean, one thing, like I, I don't know if the Sydney 2000 torch went to New Zealand I don't know if there was much there but I mean I still remember like you know being in Hobart and all the big deal about Sydney Olympics I mean I remember seeing the, the torch it came to you know my city and we, I got to see it and all that sort of stuff and the festivities around it and sadly never got to go to Sydney to watch the games but you know I just remember a big deal that was for Australia so um, did it come to do you know if the torch went to New Zealand or not or I, I think it probably did I mean I, I don't remember but I'd be surprised if it didn't you know if it's come this close and we're never going to get an Olympics I'd be um, I'd be very surprised if it didn't come to New Zealand at least you know for a little while I've just quickly shoved this in the Google here to see um, if it tells me it did go to New Zealand there we go um, it did there you go Nicholas it, it did and it, it went to Queenstown Christchurch Wellington Rotorua and Auckland didn't even go to Hamilton so no okay that's right yeah, oh, Paul Hamilton. Anyway, uh, but yeah, the Soccer World Cup, again, at the time of releasing this on the Monday, we would have at least had the first leg of both of our nation's games. Um, by the time we're recording this, it's still a few days away. We talked a little bit about this uh, last week. We'll talk about it next week, of course, when we know the results. I'm just looking here at the uh, the odds here, Nick, for the games. Uh, so this is according to sportsbet.com.au. Um, the New Zealand-Peru game... Uh, currently, Peru are at a dollar seventy-two. The draw is three dollars sixty, and New Zealand are at four dollars fifty to win. So, not good odds. Uh, but how's it all been going there at the moment? Currently, in New Zealand, in terms of the coverage and the expectations and everything along these lines. Yeah, I actually haven't heard all that much about it. To be fair, it's one of those things that um, it's kind of crept up on me a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, our odds aren't great, but uh, you never know. I mean. Um, that's a great thing about football is anything can happen on the day and you know you just you get a favourable result in that first league and then you can kind of sit on a lead yeah I mean you just you never know so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't count us completely out and I think we've got a better shot against Peru than we would against maybe Argentina or something like that but yeah it, it's not not likely I wouldn't think I like the one here with Australia so currently uh, Honduras are $2 the draw is $3.30 Australia is $3.90 so it's a little bit closer in ours um, but I, I love here. I actually haven't really followed the news. I know Tim Cahill went down injured in the the A League game the other day, but they're still putting here as a seven dollar fifty uh, odds on to be the first goal scorer. So perhaps he's still a chance to play. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I love this kind of lead up to a World Cup when you kind of got these last round of qualifiers because it's obviously not just ours we're keeping an eye on here in terms of you know New Zealand and Australia. Like we've got the European playoffs that are starting this weekend. Uh, you know, Northern Ireland, Switzerland, Croatia, Greece, Sweden, Italy, that's a big one. Uh, you know, Denmark, Ireland as well. You've got some of the uh, the African ones I know I still have to be uh, sort of solved as well. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you, because I know you're a big World Cup fan, but I don't know if you kind of closely follow the qualifiers or you just kind of, you know, pay attention when it's close to the game. But uh, I love kind of just keeping an eye on all these different confederations and seeing these teams, as we talked about, I think, last week, who haven't made it before and just seeing who can and can't make it still at this point. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, it's it's always interesting to me. I think um, different parts of the world, I, you know, I probably pay more attention to the Europe ones because I think that they're quite interesting because quite often your big teams can get knocked out at this point and that's always fun. I mean, I, I remember the, the Hand of Frog incident from, you know, the, yes. the France Island. Yeah, a few rounds ago, that was that was quite good fun. Um, yeah, so, I mean, those those ones are probably more fun to me than 
you know, some of the ones like our one, I mean, I don't think there's really much chance that, that that's going to result in anything, of, of, you know, really of an upset. Um, but the European ones definitely can do. So those are the ones I'll probably be watching a little bit more closely. Well, I'm sure you're concerned about the African ones too, Nick. Don't discount Africa. I can tell you here quickly that, uh, you know, Tunisia and the Democratic Republic of Congo might go through from Group A. Uh, Group B, Nigeria is already through. Group C, it's between Morocco and the Ivory Coast. Group D, everyone's with a chance in that one. It's the Oprah group. You could qualify and you can qualify. We've got Senegal, <laughs> Burkina Faso, Cape Verde and South Africa. Uh, group E, Egypt are already through. So uh, there you go. We've still got a couple of close ones to come in the African qualifiers this weekend. And, um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm mainly with you there with the Europe ones. Uh, just before we go then, um, shout out. Uh, give us your tips. Uh, Northern Ireland, Switzerland. Who do you want to win that one? Um, I mean, I think Switzerland will probably win, but it'd be cool to see Northern Ireland go through for sure. I'd agree with you there. Uh, the, oh, this is actually a good one for the rivalry section. Uh, Croatia versus Greece. Oh, um, yeah, I'd probably, I, I think probably Greece would be more fun to see through. I'd agree, and I, I kind of hold it against Croatia still for eliminating Germany from the 98 World Cup, but that's just me being <laughs> bitter. Uh, Denmark, Republic of Ireland, that's another tough one. These are all tough games, actually. Yeah, I mean, that's quite similar to the other one. I mean, I'd like to see Ireland get there because it's been so long since they've been at the World Cup. So, yeah, I'd be, uh, and I think they've got a good shot as well. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. If they can if they can nick an early goal, then that could uh, be an interesting one to watch. 2002, I believe, is the last time they made the World Cup from memory. Uh, and Sweden, Italy. There, wow, Italy did miss out. Wow. You think Netherlands not making it's a big deal? So who was that again? Sweden, Sweden and Italy. Sweden and Italy. Um, yeah, I, I think Italy will piss that one in. I think it's one of those ones where everyone's like, oh, Italy might not make it. But I actually don't think Sweden, are, are, you know, I don't think that they came out of a particularly tricky group from what I remember. Um, so I think probably Italy will, Italy always, you know, they're a great team in pressure. You know, they always seem to come through when the pressure's on. So, yeah, I'd be surprised if Italy didn't get through. And Sweden did come through the group that eliminated the Netherlands, Nick. So, um, you know, that's that mm, group. I, I, yeah, I mean, the Netherlands were not particularly great this time around, so I don't know how strong you'd call them. But, yeah, I mean, anything's possible, I suppose. The one thing that I have to say with Italy is I'm, I'm a man who likes a good pattern, Nick. And if Italy do make the World Cup, I'm saying this right now, they will lose the final because there's this pattern of 12. I don't know if you know about the Italian pattern of 12, that they seem to have a uh, ongoing pattern where every 12 years they make the final and they'll either win or lose it. So 2006, of course, they made the final and they won. So 12 years later, they're due to lose it because in 94, they made the final and lost. 82, they made the final and won. And I believe in 1970, they made the final and lost. So I kind of, it's this pattern of 12 which is it's an interesting one that they do. And we I think we recently had a similar pattern of 14 when it came to the side winning their fourth World Cup because it was 14 years, I think... Oh, there was, oh no, it was, it was some... They did some math, 24 years, sorry, not 14, where it was between 24 years between Italy winning their third and fourth and 24 years between Germany winning their third and fourth. So it's kind of this weird little pattern system that goes along with the World Cup. So I'm calling it now. You've heard it first. On the brink that should Italy qualify for the World Cup, they will lose the final next year, hopefully to Germany. So <laughs> that's that's my call. Uh, anything else to add? Anything else happened in New Zealand that's groundbreaking that we need to know about, or are we done? Um, nothing else I can think about. Uh, watch the cricket, because we're, uh, we're tied 1-1 at the moment with India in the, the 2020 series, which is pretty exciting, because you, know, you don't often win in India when you're a New Zealand cricket team, so that's exciting. 
Yeah, I, I'm kind of... <laughs> cricket's like the one sport I think over the years I'm gradually losing interest in just because Australia's kind of sucking now. Um, and we've got the Ashes about to start and it's kind of like, yeah, I couldn't even tell you half the players in our team at the moment. We seem to rotate them that quickly. So uh, bring on the big bash. Go the Hurricanes. <laughs> That's about all I can say. Uh, Nick, always a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, hopefully this time when we speak to you in a week, we can have some positive news about our soccer teams in the World Cup qualifiers. But uh, thank you. Fingers crossed. Time to press this button. Flash you back. We're going back to 2009 as we have been the last few weeks. And we're kind of going to close out 2009 for you today. Uh, we generally sort of have a, a collection of five questions that we used to uh, put on our best of CDs. And uh, we've got five different five questions for you that you're going to hear from here from 2009. You're going to hear from Casey Burgess and Lauren Brandt, both former High Five members who are on the show in 2009. You'll also hear from Tim Franklin and Lisa Singh, uh, the late Tim Franklin and Lisa Singh. I believe that was from our 200th episode together. Uh, as well as two Olympians, uh, Stephen Bradbury and Jane Saville, uh, both of whom gave some great answers. So let's hear all of those back-to-back right now. Now, look, before uh, we wrap things up for uh, our interview here, Casey, we do have a set of questions we like to ask our guests. Okay. We've already actually asked one of them, so this will only be three questions we're asking you it. today. Yep. And let's get into it. You're nice, you're comfortable, you're relaxed? Yeah, I'm chilled. Beautiful. All right, first one, starting off with a hard one. What's your favourite type of cheese? Type of cheese? Ooh, it'd be a tie-up between tasty, well, because let's face it, it's quite tasty, and... Camembert, yes. definitely. Two, two of, I think, our guests' favourite type of cheese, but I'm on you there with the tasty because its name just speaks for itself. Exactly. It doesn't It doesn't have to be fancy. You just whack it on a cracker and you're, you're set. It's like the movie Snakes on a Plane. You don't actually need to watch it. You know what it's about. You, exactly. You already know. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, are you a folder or a scruncher? Folder. Yes. See, look. Well, as I grew up. As I grew up, I was a scruncher, now folder. Oh, well, you've changed. I changed my ways. Wow. Was that just a case of it felt better or was it somebody sort of told you... This is the way to go. I think I was. T- I think I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I should have said felt better. That kind of sounded a bit wrong. I know it turned me off the question yes, after that. Yes, yes. I just realised that when it came out of my mouth. We'll, we'll move past question that one. three. Yes, question three. <laughs> Are we alone in the universe? Um, no. No. Not at all. No, no way. I'm still waiting for somebody to actually say yes and just sort of I ask know. Them, why do you think we're alone? Jeez, Why do you on. think we're alone? That's so, yeah. <laughs> Maybe someone from the Wiggles would answer that one. Maybe. <laughs> Jeff would be like, yes, I'm alone. Wake yeah. me up. Please. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Lauren, we're going to wrap things up in just a second now. We have a set of four questions we like to ask our guests. Now, yep. these are not that complicated, not that hard, but get get sit down, get yourself relaxed, and we can move on okay. to these. So if you're ready, we'll all get right. straight into them. I'll just them. grab my teddy bear and I'm ready. Beautiful. You can maybe ask him some advice. What is yeah. your favourite type of cheese? Uh, just tasty cheese. Yes, you're on the you you're on the same bandwagon as KC. Oh, really? Yes, she said exactly the same thing. Wow, I just like it to be tasty and fresh. Yeah, the cheese that speaks for itself. <laughs> that's what we like here. Question number two: Are you a folder or a scruncher? A folder. A folder. Yes. Again, another folder. Put it on the list. We are the smartest people on the planet. <laughs> Question number three: Are we alone in this universe? 
No. Again, once again, we expect that answer. I'm still waiting for the first yes in that question. And uh, the final question I want to ask you, what event would you like to see at the Hobart Olympics? Now, this doesn't have to be any particular sport. It can be anything. It could be children's performing if you wanted to. Let your imagination run uh, wild. Okay. Um, um, something like costume making. Costume making. That's a yeah, good idea. Everyone gets the same amount of materials and you get a time limit and it's whoever can come up with the most creative costume. And you don't really need to be all that athletic. It's more of an intelligence over athletic prowess. Yeah. Anyone yeah. can do it. That is brilliant thinking, Lauren. Well, look, I, I'm glad that you, you don't hold any ill will to breakfast radio. So, look, I'll tell you what. We're going to ask you each of the famous five questions and then I'll ask you a couple of questions and we'll wrap things up for another edition. Now, um, I want to, uh, starting off on our famous five questions, we ask straight away, this is an old question that we used to have a segment called Cheese of the Week where we used to profile a different Cheese of the Week. That was how original we were. But um, So now we would like to ask you each, what is your favourite type of cheese? Tim, you can start off. <laughs> Any cheese, I reckon that, uh, and Lisa, you, you, you would agree with this sincerely, not as a politician, as Lisa, but I reckon Tasmania, apart, apart from having some of the best arts and crafts in this country, no poor head popula- population, we do, but I reckon Flinders Island... I reckon we have the best cheeses in the world. Very good cheese, that one. In the world. Mm, Absolutely. Is there one? I don't know, Lisa. Is there one cheese? Look, I think that's a a good one. But my favourite cheese is an Ashgrove cheese. So, again, in Tasmania, up near Elizabethtown. Mm. And that is the wasabi uh, Ah, cheese. Oh, that's right. That is very nice. The Ashgrove wasabi. Good to see. We've got people's taste buds tingling. Yes, cheeses of very, very good food. One of our favourites here in the brink. Now, second question. This, again, kind of old, but we're just going with it. Are you a folder or a scruncher? Tim, you can start off again if you like. A folder. A folder. Actually, no, if I'm going to tell the truth, what the hell does that mean? You know, <laughs> toilet. they had a toilet paper campaign a couple of years back where they asked when you use toilet paper, do you fold it or do you scrunch it before using it? <laughs> We're very polite uh, here, aren't we? Hey, listen, can you ask Lisa that first? Is there something in first? between? Yes. I like a scroll, a scroller. Like a scroll, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, I'm one of those. Mm. Yeah, I'll go that with, kind I'll, of I'll, half I'll go scrunched, half folded. Mm. Yeah. All right, we'll go with that then. Uh, question number three: Who's better looking, Josh or myself? And you're not allowed oh, to sit in the I, fence either. I'm not answering that one. Oh. Oh, no, that's an easy one. Josh has got the glasses. I've been wearing them since I was two. Josh wins, hands down. Sorry. That, that's, no, that's fair and enough. When I Jim. saw his glasses fog up before, that's where, that that was dem- it. That's where the glasses demystify idea comes in as well. Uh, Unbelievable. Question number four Are we alone in this universe? Not at no. all. No. Good, good that we have. Not at all. Good we have a green set. I mean, we wouldn't want to be. No, I don't think so. It would be very sad if we were. It'd be very lonely. Absolutely. And number five. All you've got to do is work in the media to work that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, we, we understand that, Josh and I, Tim. <laughs> don't worry. Um, and our fifth question we ask, of course, you both are very much aware of our famous bid for the Hobart 2020 Olympic Games. We like to find out what events you would like to see. Now, this doesn't have to be a sport. This can, We've got poop lotto on the agenda uh, John Remus, Win TV newsreader, wants golf playing on top of planes. And we've had everything else from, I believe, frog racing at Elwick by Graham Sturgis. So any sport, anything that you like, what would you like to see at the Olympics? I would like to see some kind of brinktacular Vespa scooter race. Yes! Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, can you top that, Tim? Wombat racing. Oh, look. I don't know which I'd choose. Now you've, 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 my favourite animal is the wombat. I love yeah, it. And uh, I ride a scooter. Yeah, yeah so do I. So Put the wombat a, on the scooter. There you go. A, a, a wombat on Lisa's Zespa. Absolutely. What that do you would ride, Josh? 
At the moment, it's a Yamaha Phaser. Oh, it's a two fifty. Okay, that's all right. You can make your way towards a Vespa. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're almost out of time now, Jane. But we will wrap things up with a set of questions we like to ask our guests. Now we usually have five questions, but since my co-host Josh is not with me today, it will have to be whittled down to four questions. If that is all right. Oh well, some people think they are. Some people think they're not. The pressure. I didn't know that you were going to ask me questions like that. We (gasps) we don't like to tell our guests because we like to keep them on the spot see so the answers are just perfect i'm going to start you off with a really hard one jane what is your favorite type of cheese oh camembert camembert oh see you gotta love camembert don't you yeah i like my although i haven't been eating much of it because i've been pregnant so um once i once i've got this baby out of my tummy then i'll be eating a lot more of it (laughs) maybe maybe you'll have sort of cravings one night for like cheese on wheat bix or some weird combination goodness i haven't had any of those strange things so yeah it's been good so far so far so far uh question number two are you a folder or a scruncher I'm a folder. Folder. We love the folders. Oh, excellent. We are very intelligent people, the folders. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. You've got to put those scrunches aside, you know. They, yeah. they waste it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the question number, well, this is actually question number four. Are we alone in the universe? Ooh. Very in-depth questions we it like is. to ask you. Oh, the pressure. No. No. See, the short answers, that's what we like. We had the Premier of Tasmania on, and he just gives complete, in-depth answers, politician-style oh, answers. politician, so, yeah. you know, he, it's, did he even answer the question, though? He, well, he pretty much avoided it. Yeah, well, that's, that's perfect. He's done his job well, then. <laughs> he certainly has. He likes to do that to Tasmania sometimes, too, but that's another story. <laughs> um, and the final question I'll ask for you, Jane, is what event would you like to see at the Hobart 2020 Olympics? Now, this is just not your run-of-the-mill sport. It can be anything. We've got poop lotto tiddlywinks, water aerobics, you name it, you can have it. What would you like to see? Um, captain ball. Do you know what captain ball is? I don't think I'm familiar with that. Oh, well, it's a, it's a game you play in teams, and we played it at primary school, and um, there's about six or eight, and you have to throw the ball, and everyone bops down. There's someone out the front um, throwing the ball, everyone's in a line, and then the person at the back catches the ball, runs to the front, and you do it all over oh, again. Oh, yes, the person. yes. I don't know what, you, what you guys call it. I think it's called soldier ball down oh, here. Oh, well, captain ball, soldier ball, whatever. Similar, similar. I think that should be in for sure. I think there's been a lot of kids, school kids, primary schools out there training very hard for that. They, they do. It's just, they play it all the time. It's things like dodgeball and all these other sports <laughs> that you could just... That would be even better. Oh, it would we be, wouldn't get it? Vince Vaughan down there. Oh, yes. In like Ben Stiller and they could yeah. just, you know... Oh. Oh. You're on fire with your events then. Oh, look, I, I, we'll, give, we'll have a list. They're on the website of just some of the things we've had. I mean, we had Vanessa Amorossi. She's doing water aerobics in the water. She's thinking it would be like fantastic to have all these people going to music. And when, when we had Paul O'Brien from Home and Away, he's thinking golf, but taking pot shots at the cast of Neighbours. So, I mean, you could get all the judges who have disqualified you in your entire career of race walking. We can hit them with it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, do table tennis with their little red cards and, you know, fling ping pong balls at them. I like your idea. Jeez, man. Now, um, just as I said, we'll wrap things up with a set of questions we like to ask our guests. It'll only be whittled down to four questions due to the fact that one of our questions we can't ask because my co-host isn't with me. So if you're nice, ready and relaxed, these questions aren't that hard to answer. So I wish you all the best of luck with them, Stephen. First of all, what is your favourite type of cheese? Better. Extra tasty. Extra tasty. Got to love the extra part in front of the tasty there. It makes it extra good. Are you a folder or a scruncher? Definite folder. Oh, Not again. Like scrunching thing at all. Yes, we're, we're on that bandwagon here too on the show. <laughs> Folding people are intelligent people and they're Olympic gold medalists. We can use that as a slogan. That works well, Stephen. I like your thinking. Question number three, are we alone in the universe? Ooh, do-do-do-do, do-do-do-do. Ah, uh, 
Yes. Yes. We have our first ever yes. Really, what's your thinking on that one, Stephen? May I ask you that? Uh, I, I don't. I don't buy into any of this um, extraterrestrial activity until they can show me some solid proof. <laughs> I like that groundwork and proof. You are our first ever guest to ever answer yes to that question. That's another first you can put on your resume. <laughs> Fantastic. And our final question we want to ask you here today, Stephen, is what event would you like to see at the Hobart 2020 Olympics? Can be anything. Doesn't have to be a sport. It can be dodgeball or bullfrog riding. Anything. Let your imagination run wild, Stephen. Ooh. There's, there's so many things going through my head right now. How about the sheep toss? The sheep toss. I like that. New Zealand would do well in that one. <laughs> they might take that a bit the wrong way, though, and think of it something else. <laughs> and before we uh, close out the flashback segment for this week, also, um, Josh used to lose bets a lot on the show because, obviously, we uh, you know bet when it comes to singing songs from our opposing teams. You would have heard me sing the Richmond song earlier this year. Well, there was a time when Colton used to beat Richmond a lot, so... Um, this was 2009. This was Josh losing a bet and having to sing that on air. Right, okay. We're at, we've got rid of those people that are in the podcast. So, Josh... Okay. Oh, my, um, I want to make sure I've got everything right. I do want to just um, go back in time a little bit to um, the... the, the um, the, the bet last week where we said that you would uh, sing the Carlton theme song if yes. we beat you, and we did. Now, um, you're going to play it off there, are you? I could play it off here. All right, all right, all right. So. Are you ready, Josh? Yeah. Play that magical song. Here we go. Josh singing the best song in the world. We are the Navy Blues. We are the old dark Navy Blues. Instrumental break. Dance. You're loving it, Josh. So this is what happens when you just go against the great teams of the world. I just think it's funny. It says we'll keep your end, keep our end up. Yep, that's right. Unlike Richmond, who don't keep their ends up. Not yet. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll let you off, Josh. You've sung enough. All right. Do we do we think that's correct, audience? Yes. Yes. I think we're just going to play the last bit without you having to sing, just for the sake of the audience wanting to sing along at home. Sing along at home. We should we should all sing. We are the we should all sing, Ben. No. Come on. We're I'm just listening. Just Josh knows his song too well. Twice this year, Josh. Twice. How are Richmond going? Second last? At least it's not last. Well, that's Fremantle. Making one goal a game. Whoa, it ended. All right, there you go. Thank not you. even expecting that. Thank you. Um, good times, good times. Back when uh, we could dream that Richmond would ever become a Premier, and here we are, 2017, and have actually won a damn grand final. <laughs> We've been uh, going back during the week and playing some highlights of uh, some Oz Network stuff that we've been doing recently. And this one's a bit of a teaser for an episode that we've got coming out this Thursday. Uh, of course, currently, at the moment, we're about to start Star Wars Month in the lead-up to The Last Jedi. I get excited coming out December the 14th. But uh, we started it off by looking at the infamous Star Wars holiday special. If you're a Star Wars fan and you've seen it, 
you'll know what I'm talking about and wishing that you've never seen it. But uh, we kicked off the month by having a look at the Star Wars Holiday Special. We had uh, one of our co-hosts, Anthony Rossi, who I had been on an episode with in quite some time, trying to explain some certain situations here and uh, just some of our reactions to what's going on. The one thing that starts to really confuse me is, like, why they stopped making this for children. Like... (laughs) Like, obviously, like, the Star Wars audience is probably mostly young boys, like, mm. and they have a cooking segment. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. In the 70s, they have a too. Cooking <laughs> they have singing. They have a user's manual, like, video and tutorials. And B. Arthur. B. Arthur. Like, B. Arthur, <laughs> Arthur is for everyone, so I don't even go there. <laughs> But, <laughs> hashtag be Arthur is for everyone. <laughs> yes. But like, I just don't get it. Like what kid is going to be like, oh man, Star Wars is on. I got to watch it. And then it's like a cooking segment. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, it, it's unbelievable that this was ever green lighted. Like any, like some higher up ever approved this. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> like I do admit, like there was like, I did see a bit of humor in the cooking segment as our Carney was getting more into it, but like not something like memorable or whatever. And then what even happened after that? <laughs> oh, the, 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 porn? the, the porn, the VR, Rossi, yeah. that happened. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and she's just like, we are excited, aren't we? It's like, what? This is coming from a woman who has an Academy Award. <laughs> and she's doing something. <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> um. I'm done. <laughs> Ross, you got. I think we all are. I think we're all done. <laughs> Wow. Um. <laughs> yeah, I really don't know why on earth we looked at it. And uh, you can listen to the episode this week, of course, but um, I'll say our episode's better than the actual holiday special. <laughs> Alrighty, it's time for me to do this. It's that time of the week to play everybody's favourite game show. It's Forget the Lyrics! Here on the Brink on Edge Radio. Over to the studio. <sighs> Forget the lyrics. What a what a great sounding song that is. Uh, we're going to play some newish ones for you. These ones are actually from this year, uh, back when we kind of brought these on to high noon. So uh, these are sort of fresh in the mind in terms of uh, earlier in 2017. I'm going to play three here for you, two from Dakota and one from Dakota and myself. The first one here is Swing Like Away, a song that I'm not actually familiar with, still to this day not really familiar with. Here's Dakota giving his crack at that. Really, um, up to your guitar game, Ben. Yeah, thanks. I just had a no, wait, practicing and. Yeah, right. The Russian Grand Prix was the other weekend. I won the race clean and I owned it. I got pole on Saturday and then won the race. Vertuk was behind me and he just, I am not doing too well at this at all, in all honesty. 
Um. Nah, can I help forfeit? Nah, forfeit. Nah, I forfeit. No, I give up. What I do though? Nah, I give up. Okay, well, I'm, I'm giving up, so I'm not gonna sing. <laughs> no, don't play the cheer. Don't. Why are they cheering? Don't. Worst. That was that was so bad. Ever. <laughs> I agree. Please give me a zero. Gave us crack at a song that I actually was familiar with, The Pretender by the Foo Fighters. Let's see how we went with that. Okay. Surely I just stuff this one up as the as the, as the lyrics. Like that's my lyrics. I sung forget the lyrics just the other minute ago. <laughs> yeah. I thought I would do really well, but I didn't. That sucks. But I got a second chance. Oh yes, I did. I was so happy. Happy. But I stuffed that up too What am I even doing with my life? I am never gonna be able to be That was a language I just made up in my own head, yeah I've just realised I don't know this song well enough! Yeah! And there's like stuff going over, like words and stuff as well, like Ben's was, and all that kind of stuff. They should be helping me kind of sing along with the song, but they're not at all, which is kind of weird. And now I'm just kind of talking, and it's just, or maybe I'll just keep going, I don't know. But yeah, you know. Yeah, what if I do say I'll never surrender? What happens then? Anyway, back to the topic. I just fuck no. Nah. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Finally, what are you gonna do when it's myself and Dakota singing? You're gonna sing about Stacy's mum, or at least to the song uh, "Fountains of Wayne" song, Stacy's mum. Let's see how that went. Kevin Bacon, he got taken down. 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 Can somebody admit what they did during the week? They took down Kevin Bacon. And it was not on fleek Was not on fleek Did they take the picture Home to pleasure themselves Pleasure themselves Or did they throw it in the bin And become the worst human around Worst human around You know Kevin is the greatest thing This side of cheese So whoever took it down Please come forward please Kevin Bacon, he's the greatest thing on earth 
Whoever took down a picture, you're quite the opposite. You're actually a stupid moron because Kevin Bacon's the best thing ever. What harm is it to have a photo in a studio of Kevin? Kevin Bacon got taken down. Kevin Bacon, can you please come back? Come back. I miss you and I just want to look at you. Look at you. To the human who took you away, I'd just like to say. I'd like to say. That you are an idiot and you have no respect for Kevin Bacon. No respect for Kevin Bacon. And I just want to see your face again. Because I miss you in this studio helping me through the day. Kevin Bacon, please come back to me. I miss your face on the edge radio wall. To the guy who took him down. You might be a girl, but I don't care because you took Kevin Bacon away. Ah, oh, ah, oh, get that guitar going down. All right, we'll share this last bit. I'll, I'll take it first and then you can bring it home. Yeah, right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Kevin Bacon, he's the best thing around. The person who took it down, well, let's be honest, you're complete scum. He's really not hurting anyone in the Edge Radio studio. Why did you take him down? Kevin is so damn awesome. Kevin Bacon, oh, 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 yeah, I miss him so much and I don't want him to go. Kevin Bacon, can you please come back to me and to the person who took you? I hate you so. Always a good time. And uh, look, in the closing weeks of the year, we might have to bring some new ones back. I keep saying that, but uh, just watch this space. I'd like to bring you a classic interview every now and then. We are going to go back to the year that was 2014, I believe this came from. And uh, one of my favourite interviews, uh, that came from the legendary Billy Birmingham. Now, if you don't know who Billy Birmingham is, you might know him better as the 12th man. Of course, a comedian who would do parodies of the Channel 9 cricket commentary team here in Australia. Uh, I grew up listening to him. I will correct myself. It was 2013, actually, this interview. Uh, I grew up listening to him. Uh, absolutely uh, adored the man, adored his work, and had the honour of interviewing him at the end of 2013 in the lead-up to his greatest hits at the time. So here is a classic interview from the brink with the legendary Billy Birmingham. Billy Birmingham is known the world over as the 12th man, and over the last 30 years has released seven number one albums and become one of the most successful spoken word recording artists in the world. His latest release, entitled Willy Nilly Hit Stores last week, and features the 12th man's greatest hits throughout his amazing career. I sat down with Billy to speak about this career and get some tips on just how to do the impersonation nations correctly. Billy, welcome to the Brink and Edge Radio. Thank you very much, Ben. Nice to talk to you, mate. How's things? As is going very well, my friend. It is uh, nice and warm down here in Hobart. How about things up there? How are things treating you? Uh, yeah, no, pretty good. Pretty good. Nice day. I'm doing some, uh, just uh, doing some uh, recording, a couple of bits, just doing a couple of farewells for some people who are uh, leaving radio today. 
So uh, all is good. That is what we like to hear. Now, as I sort of said then, the album uh, titled Willy Nilly comes from the famous line using your 12th Man Again album describing a mistimed high five. And, of course, we <laughs> saw that recently with uh, Brad Haddon copying one from uh, Tassie boy James Faulkner. Shane Warne quoted that uh, during the commentary. Could you imagine 30 years on as the uh, 12th Man, Billy, that uh, one of your lines would actually be used in actual cricket commentary? Oh, well, it's, it's like warning. I know that warning and all that. Those guys are fans, and the commentary team are all fans. Because you know, you often hear the commentary team, uh, you know, whether it's Tubby Taylor or Slats or whatever. They love trying to an ad break when the score ends in chew. You know, they go, and Australia are six for 140 chew, and they all do a bit of a Richie Beno kind of chew on the end of it. And I know that Warney has been. Uh, a big uh, a 12th man fan. I've met Warney a few times over the years, so I know how much of a 12th man fan he is. Does a pretty mean Tony Gregg and Richie Benno impersonation, nice. I found out the other day when I was uh, up at the Gabba with the boys. But that was so funny, the uh, 1990 incident I had where a little Pakistani player, Afil Sikdal, and uh, one of his teammates came running over and gave him a big high five and got him right in the eye. And uh, sure enough, um, you know, it's nearly 30 years later, and that's exactly what happened to Brad Haddon. And when I, when I was calling that in 1990, I had uh, Bill Laurie was going, oh, this is just ridiculous play by Pakistan. They lack the experience to do them properly, the high fives. So they're going to go around throwing them willy-nilly. Now, accidents like this are bound to happen. <laughs> so Warney called it a willy-nilly high five when he was calling the Haddon thing. He said, oh, no, he's got one of those willy-nilly high fives. So, um... I thought that's what the Aussie team call them. That's what I'll call my album, Willy Nilly. It describes it perfectly because instead of the usual 12-man type story, which is what most of my records are, a bit of a, a plot and a subplot, this is just 33 bits of 12-man stupidity coming at you willy-nilly. <laughs> well, it's what the fans are obviously loving. And I could imagine with so much content over the years, it, it was difficult to, to choose the 33 best ones on 2Ds. I mean, how did you come about choosing the, the best ones? Well, I was, I was kind of led by, you know, because I get a lot of feedback from people over the years. Because a lot of people are very, you know comfortable about coming up to me on the street or at a bar or... You know, and they tell you, okay, Billy, how are you going? It'll be, you know, marvellous effort that, and they'll be quoting their favourite lines and doing their favourite impersonations for you, and you have conversations about what tracks they like or what particular album they liked. And with social media too, mate, you get a lot of feedback from people about their favourite record. So I was kind of guided by the punters, but there were some tracks that didn't make it off the long list onto the short list and people are definitely going to be saying to me oh mate how come you didn't put that track about you know whatever so i call it volume one mate in case you want to do volume two ben <laughs> well that's always the, the smart thing to do well, when did you actually discover that you had the, the skill to be able to impersonate all these commentators and then come up with the idea to actually release them as albums well the um i'd always had a a, a penchant for silly voices um i do regard myself now, um, and since I've made records, that's more of a satirist than an impersonator because I don't study voices like an impersonator would. You know, when they sit down with headphones and they study everything. I have to find something pretty organically in someone's voice. You know, in other words, I've got to, I've got to listen to it and hear something in it straight away because I'm not going to sit down with headphones and study it like a lot of other people do. So to that end, I'm probably more of a satirist than I am an impersonator, 
But having said that, I did like to make mum and dad laugh, you know, impersonating people on television that they were watching back in the 60s and 70s. And, um, and then I, that moved on to school, mate, you know, where I um, started impersonating teachers and stuff, <laughs> which is what, you know, most kids do that. Yeah. Most There's a whole lot of kids at every different school around Australia who do impersonations of their teachers. And I used to do them at my school. But I'd, I'd do things like the teacher would ask... The teacher would ask me a question, and I would stand up, and I would answer the question in his voice, <laughs> um, but I would be giving a completely normal answer, and therefore he was wondering why there were 35 boys laughing their asses <laughs> off, and it was because, because I was impersonating him, and so many teachers would be oblivious to the fact. Wow. Because they don't, they don't know their own affectations and their own, you know, speech impediments and whatever. So <laughs> if I'm answering the question in their voice and they're scratching their heads trying to work out why everyone's laughing. Oh, that would have been very entertaining. It was great fun. Yeah, I can imagine that. Was it surprising to you that they, the records became so popular over the years? Yes, when I did the first one, mate, back in 1984, I thought it might have been just a one-off. Um, um, I had uh, I'd been watching the cricket since 1978 when the Packer World Series started, and I was drawn back into the game like hundreds of thousands of other people with the Packer Revolution and this new uh, presentation, if you like, or new coverage of the game. You know, the coloured lights, the uniforms, and cameras everywhere, and all that stuff. And we were all roped back into the game. And then, of course, there was Richie Benno, front and centre, when uh, the commentary team started up. There was Richie uh, riding side saddle, I remember, in the uh, chair at the CCP, or central commentary position. Welcome back. Welcome back to the SCG or the MCG or wherever the hell he was. And, uh, and I just thought, jeez, I didn't know Richie sounded like that. And then you had Tony Gregg, Harden, Force, Glenn McGraw, most of the art of Force bowling in the last year and a half. And, you know, everything was just that really broad vowel. I just make sure I had lots of those kind of words you know, carnage and park the car and all that sort of stuff. I put there's lots of those kind of words in the script. Oh, man, you had Bill Laurie. <laughs> and Bill was just one of these guys who, he literally blew an O-ring every time the wicket falls. <laughs> in fact, he'd pop an O-ring even when a wicket didn't fall. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. So they were just, you know, they were the first three voices. And Chappelle, of course, with that, uh, you know, kind of uh, <laughs> monotone uh, thing that uh, he's got. And then you had Big Baxy walking too. Yes, Big Bax was in the commentary too for quite a while. And I tell you what, he was a Tasmanian too, I think you'll find. Indeed, man. indeed. Yes. And then Big Baxy, you know, he was one of those blokes who had a really large of the life voice with the seven times broken nose and the big... You smile on the dial the whole time, but I tell you what, I was cracked when he got wrestled from the commentary team. But I thought, <laughs> well, I'm not going to let him get away from me. I just, I just had him featuring on all my records trying to get his job back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I um, I miss Max. We had actually the real Max Walker on last year, and we spoke to him about uh, your uh, your impersonations of him, and he absolutely loves it too. And um, yeah, no, he's good. I, I did a couple of shows with him too. Just I don't do much live work. I've done a couple of you know, after dinner things, and one of them was with Big Max, because, um, yes, the opportunity of standing next to him, <laughs> taking the mickey out of it was just too, too much to resist. <laughs> Certainly. Is. I mean, who has been over the years your, your favourite person to be able to, to put on the voice and impersonate? Well, look, I think you'd have to say Richie would be top of the queue. Uh, made him the most impersonated man in the country, really. Mm-hmm. 
men, women, children, and even little fairy animals had a go at doing with she. <laughs> and I've made him the most impersonated man in the land. And to be honest, I haven't heard anyone do a bad one. Mm, it's uh, it's always a lot of fun to be able to sit around and uh, do the whole two for 22 and uh, have a two go at it. Two for 22. Yes. Well, that's what they, they, last year on the uh, cricket show... <clears throat> They did a little segment where they got the Australian cricket team to do their best Richie Benno impersonation, and every one of them except one did a two for 22. That's all they said. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, what are you guys talking about? That's a 12th man impersonation. It's not a Richie <laughs> Benno impersonation. <laughs> Richie would only ever say two for 22 if that was a bloody score. <laughs> so um, <laughs> they were actually doing 12th man impersonations. Then Hussey, Hussey was the only one who didn't do it, you know what he did? He started singing Marvellous. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, hang on. What, did I not hear you say, do your best Richie Benno impersonation? And all these, the whole Australian cricket team launched into 12th man impersonations. It was very, very weird. <laughs> very flattering, I could imagine, too, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It was like, <laughs> Richie had to sit there and listen to all of this because he was actually being interviewed by Slats in the middle of the Oval. And he said, uh, Richie, I want you to have a look at this. Um, what do you think of these impersonations of you? And then they ran this package of the whole Australian cricket team and every one of them said chew, chew for 20 chew, <laughs> except for Mike Hussey. Wow, it's, uh, it's incredible. It was, weird. it was a weird thing. Uh, also outside of um, obviously the Channel 9 uh, commentary ones, you did release Bruce 2000 after the, the Sydney Olympics, which is on the, the Greatest Hits one, which is out now. I mean, have you ever been tempted to, to branch out into more of these voices from other networks besides the Channel 9 ones? I think the Bruce one was fantastic. Yeah, I, look, I, I like that one, but it was... <clears throat> It was only, there were guys down in Melbourne, mate, who do Bruce Bacavani a whole lot better than me, and the only reason I did it was because I was doing a radio show with Mick Malloy during the Olympics called Going for Bronze, and um, we had a gag going every week, every day, sorry, where I'd say to Mick, hey, Mick, is that bloody uh, Bruce Bacavani next to us in that other studio? Let's open the door and hear what he's saying, and then I would just do... You know, I'd just do uh, some stupid piece of commentary pretending that it was Bruce McAvaney coming from the next studio. And I was just, you know how Bruce is so passionate about all sports. And, you know, the Chinese girl... Chinese girl gone shopping up against the Korean full car park in one of the quarterfinals. And, you know, he was the American hammer thrower, chucked a wobbly. Gee, he's been throwing badly today. And and the Russian hurdler, bet you're not going to get over. Yes. And uh, the Irish swimmer, patio furniture, and just gave me, you know, it was a chance to do some more silly names from all around the world. Mm. But I'm glad I put Bruce 2000 on here because... um, it's never been on an album, so it's a chance for a lot of people who haven't heard it. Yeah, definitely. One of my favourites. And also, just uh, before we let you go, Billy, you, uh, I'm sure, realised a dream uh, last week during the uh, first test at the Gabba. You actually got to uh, be on the Channel 9 coverage of the cricket. I mean, it didn't surprise you it took so long to get you on there? Yeah, well, a lot of people were. Um and, look, I'm not too sure why the reason is over the last three decades that I've never been anywhere near the place, but um, it might be some sort of sensitivity there that we don't know about. I'm not sure. But anyway, it was nice to be there after 30 years and get into the hallowed area of the Gabba and um, see a few of the boys in action. And I ended up doing an interview with... I had a mock sandwich. I started off with Mark Nicholson, Mark Taylor... 
and uh, then Warney joined me for the second bit. I think I was only supposed to do one bit out in the centre. And the rain, the heavens opened up and it was a bloody hailstorm. So I ended up getting a longer interview, I think, than I was supposed to, Ben. Mm, well, it worked out well for you. And, of course, working out well for you too is Willy Nilly, the 12th man's biggest hits out in stores now, also available online to purchase and download. You can check out all the information on Billy and the 12th man via the12thman.com or follow the 12th man on both Twitter and Facebook. Billy, absolute honour chatting with you today, mate, and uh, best of luck for everything that goes your way in the future. Thanks very much, Ben. Lovely to talk to you. Happy Christmas to you and uh, all the Tassie listeners, mate. Take it easy. That's it for another show. We are done. We are dusted. We are out the door. And I will say, of course, we mentioned Brink Unleashed 8 is officially released today. You can get it online. Head to our YouTube channel. Head to our Facebook page. But, of course, we're going to play a snippet for you. We're going to play the second trailer for you here, at least the audio of it. So uh, sit back, listen, and enjoy the audio, at least, of our second trailer that teases the Brink Unleashed 8. This is the highlight of the trip. I want to go home. You know the Brink Unleashed films are about me, Ben Waterworth. <laughs> That's why I never have anybody travel with me. I hate this city. Why are we here? This is like a horror movie. This is great. This is us being dangerous. <laughs> I like cheese. It's gonna bring you down. Thank you for watching the Brink Unleashed. It's a fun film, well worth the watch, and of course uh, we highly recommend you go online and check it out right now. We'll be back next week. Hopefully have a few more of our regulars on during the week and uh, chat some fun stuff and everything else in between. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, remember to subscribe to us on YouTube as well. You can get these episodes full on YouTube for you to enjoy. If that's a platform that you prefer to listen to it via then podcast service, uh, subscribe on iTunes or also on uh, Stitcher as well for Android users. Get out there, get excited and uh, get pumped because you love the brink and we love you. Till next week, thank you for tuning in. My name is Ben Keeps. Sucking those oranges, Hobart, and a good night. Oh.